Welcome to I Am Ready, a podcast where we have tough and meaningful conversations based on the real-life experiences we're all going through, where women everywhere are reminded how magnetic and special they are, even when they doubt it, where we can all feel safe, heard, and understood as we explore the ups and downs of life. Here, we will learn, grow, and become our ideal selves together. So if you're ready to be poured into, reminded how powerful you are, and given that nudge to step into your boldness, then you've come to the right place. You ready? Let's do this. Hello, hello, welcome back. It's another solo episode week here on I Am Ready. Same as the last little bit, I intend to be hopefully quick and potent and, I don't know, get you the goods, get you thinking, and like off we run with it. Uh, This isn't intended to like shortchange any of our conversations though. You take this episode, you take like the uh, content, the ideas, the examples I share, and please always reach out on Instagram via email. Let me know how crazy it sounded, how impactful it was, your own story, how you're trying to, you know, maybe implement, whatever, like keep the conversations going. But I just want to be sure that, yeah, I can offer up some support in like a quick digestible way that everyone can use, you know? So The last solo episode I did a couple weeks ago talked about that we all have stuff and it was just really intended to normalize struggles, that a lot of things can be universal with our own unique and and individual twists on them, but also just like zoom out bigger picture. We all have stuff. We all have different ways that we struggle with our mental health. And the goal of me talking about that was to help people feel validated and seen, to help normalize all sorts of different thoughts, experience, urges, symptoms we all might have. Uh, And also to then say, hey, if we can all start to develop communities and build relationships with one another that are safe and trusted to be able to share our stuff with, then we all don't have to suffer as much and suffer in silence and suffer alone as much. And so I'm going to take that idea of suffering and that's what I'm going to be talking about today is kind of this equation that can lead to suffering. So then we can take the equation to suffer less, right? And there's two big components that I want to share and I'll give some examples. Uh, One is kind of a silly example on purpose that I share in the different places that I trained, like in different masterminds and different communities. Um, almost like because it is silly and not super like emotionally charged or personal, then it's easy to like get the point, so to speak, without it hitting too close to home. So I hope it lands here, but then maybe it'll again get you thinking of how this is applicable in your own life. But the the components of suffering, and what I mean by suffering is that when we are really stuck in a place that leaves us um, 
thinking and feeling in a more like negative way than our baseline. So if, if let's just set this stage quick. We all have a baseline of just like, this is how we are on an average day when nothing is too great, nothing is too low, nothing, you know, just kind of our status quo. And everyone's status quo is different. And status quo means how does my body feel? How is my energy, my emotional kind of baseline? The thoughts that I tend to have on any average day, right? Like just how I tend to function and, and this is my normal. And obviously throughout life and throughout, especially when we have some wild experiences, we're going to ebb and flow from that baseline. We are suffering though, when we are well below the baseline with our thoughts, feelings, our physical body, um, it could be like our, our spirituality, our overall energy, our relationships, how we're just day-to-day -day functioning when it comes to hygiene and relationships and career and getting day-to-day -day tasks done, like my laundry and cleaning and right, all of that in combination. We are suffering when we are well below our baseline and the, the quality of our life is starting to be compromised. It's getting harder and harder to go about routine things, to take care of the things that need to be taken care of, to access like our, our coping skills and our other resources to help with whatever we're suffering to. So suffering doesn't mean, oh, I had a bad day or a rough morning or you know, something very like short and episodic. Suffering is like, there's this persistent thing that I'm going through or that I'm dealing with. And it is affecting me so much that I am continuing to stay well below my baseline on like all these different things that just like where I naturally am and how I naturally function. Okay. That's what I'm going to use. So suffering can be in just like one in particular. So maybe it is the quality of my thoughts are really suffering. The rest of it is okay. And I'm getting by, but my thoughts are what is, you know, most impacted. So we can have different parts that are impacted by whatever our stuff. Um, I know it's, it's, it's so hard for me to talk broadly. That's why I'm going to give like an example. Okay. Um, so different parts of us can be affected differently into different degrees. And so some parts might be suffering while other parts are kind of getting by, but overall, it's just like the quality of how I want to feel, how I aspire to be, how I handle things, how I'm functioning in my day-to-day life, that quality is like significantly below my baseline. And my quality of living is just being compromised by this. Okay. And so the two, two kind of ingredients that are the recipe for suffering. The first is that in any given like situation or scenario, we, we have a judgment. Now, none of this means we should, we should never judge or, or anything like that. We all are going to have judgments and reactions to things. That's okay. Right? Like, so if someone cuts me off in traffic unexpectedly, and I nearly get in a, in a pretty bad accident, it's fair for me to be like, what the hell? What was that? Right? Like, to have kind of a negative reaction or to look at that person with, you know, some sort of negativity and disdain, fine, normal. But part one of this recipe is having some sort of judgment, right? Because things happen every day that we don't judge, believe it or not, right? Like I look and I have a window right here where I'm recording this and the sky is blue. The sun is out. I can see like a, a few trees and part of my neighbor's house and Okay. 
you know, there's, there's, I'm not, I'm not having this, like, it's a, it's bad outside. It's, it's perfect outside. It's an awful, it's awful weather. It's unfair that I'm inside when it's so nice out. Like there's just, there's nothing with like an emotional energy and a judgment, right? And a judgment is my own personal opinion. So objectively to look out the window, the sky is blue, the neighbor's house is tan, the leaves are green, they're rustling in the wind. Like that's just me objectively telling you what's out. An opinion or a judgment, a judgment is my subjective opinion of being like, it's the sh- it's a shitty day outside. It's unfair that I like, right? That's my judgment is giving my opinion and perspective that's not fact. So part one to this suffering recipe is having a judgment about something. Again, in and of itself, not inherently bad. But when you take a judgment and you add it with part two to this recipe for suffering, which is attaching meaning. This is where it can be a slippery slope that we start to really hold on to our suffering because we're not only judging it, obviously oftentimes we're judging something as bad if we're suffering to it, right? Some sort of bad, it's unfair, it sucks, it's cruel, it's hard, it's, it's, I can't think of another word right now, but we're having some sort of negative judgment typically, right? And then we're going to attach meaning. And what this means is it's like, okay, so I can look outside and say it's an awful day outside. That could be my judgment. And then the attaching meaning is like, okay, so it's an awful day outside. That means I'm going to be stuck inside all day and it's going to be loud and noisy and I'm not going to get any work done. Whoa. from looking out the window and having a reaction that it's an awful day outside, then I told this big story. That's me attaching meaning to it. I'm putting a story to this judgment of how I am perceiving outside. What is actually happening outside is just the weather as it is. It's the weather. It's not good or bad. I'm putting my own interpretations, judgments, opinions, and attaching meaning to that. That meaning is what we end up really holding on to because it's the story that starts to um, matter. It's the story that we, if we repeat that story consistently enough, it starts to turn into uh, our beliefs. And that's where we can start to suffer is if I then, you know, take that equation. So judgment plus attaching meaning equals suffering. And if I find myself, especially in having a lot of negative judgments, and I'm starting to attach a similar meaning to these different scenarios in my life, I'm going to start suffering because I'm going to start developing these beliefs that I'm basically going to start to see the world through these beliefs, right? And if I start to see the world and, and, you know, throughout my week, five, six, 10 different situations, I'm starting to kind of come to the same conclusions because I'm having the same judgments and putting the same meaning to it. I'm going to start to suffer more because now I see the world through this, this story, this belief, and I'm more likely to suffer to it. Okay. Again, hear me before I give my silly example hear me that having a quote unquote negative reaction, interpreting something negatively is not in and of itself a bad thing. If we catch it, if we notice it, if we don't attach meaning to it, 
it can just be a human experience to have these innate reactions, especially with something kind of unexpected, like the getting cut off in traffic example, right? Or you hear a kid shriek downstairs loudly and right away to have this, oh, he's hurt, right? That could be my judgment. That could be my like, something's bad. Something happened. And I run downstairs. Great. I, I wanted to ensure my kid sounded hurt. So I wanted, you know, that makes sense that I had kind of a negative interpretation and I ran down there to be sure they're okay. All right. They were okay. They were playing it just whatever. As long as I'm not attaching some sort of meaning to what they did and that it was bad and it was wrong and it was blah, 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 that I'm not likely to suffer. I'm not turning that incident into some sort of meaningful story that I'm going to like attach to and then repeat and be on the lookout for in the future to start to suffer to. Okay. So hear that. Be a human, have reactions and judgments, no big deal. But when we like hold on to them tightly and grip them and don't let them go because then we're, we're interpreting them and we're doing it often enough that we're building beliefs, like that gets harder to separate from and to see kind of objectively because we get so wrapped up in the story and the meaning that we're putting on things and that matters like emotionally that it gets hard to like tease that all out, if that makes sense. So here's my silly example. And even though you can't see me in video, I'm going to hold it because it's going to hopefully help me give this example and that it will land for all of you listening. In my hand, I have a pen. It's all blue the outside. I think it writes blue. Actually, I think it writes black. <laughs> yep, it writes black, but the outside it's blue. Okay. And so in my pretend scenario, I'm going to say that I am prepping for a meeting. And I got to quick write down like a couple more notes and I got to quick like fill out a document and like get it sent off before this meeting in like two minutes. So clearly I'm like running late and I just need to like get these couple things, right? Sign something quick, get something done quick, get it sent off it before my meeting starts in two minutes. That's kind of the objective, right? That's the, that's the description of what's going on. So I go to pick up this pen and it's out of ink. It doesn't work. My judgment, my just kind of automatic reaction is like, oh, great, of course, this would happen to me. Okay, that in and of itself, pretty probably reasonable. Many of us would say, yep, I'd probably have some sort of reaction, reaction or judgment. Um, similarly, or in like a similar scenario, we could relate that we would have something, you know, close to that. But now I'm going to attach the meaning that this always happens to me. Now I'm not going to get my stuff done, which means I'm going to get in trouble with my boss. And if I don't get this document in time, I'm going to get some sort of like sanction at work. And I'm going to look like a fool on this meeting because I'm going to be running late because I have to make this my priority. And the people on this meeting aren't going to take me seriously and see me as a professional because now I'm late and I'm all worked up and it's because of this goddamn pen. <laughs> wow, right? That got spicy real fast. But you can see like that is the meaning. That is the story that I'm telling. Let's pause and go back. So so the suffering then in this example is more likely to look like 
I'm going to go into the meeting all flustered or full of some sort of energy, nervous, anxious, pissed off, tense kind of energy. So whatever the meeting is, I'm not definitely not bringing my best self. Even if I get the document off and I'm not really super late, I'm still bringing all this energy. So it's likely going to impact me in the meeting. Even if I get the meeting, get through the meeting, okay, generally unharmed. Because I am rushing and I'm taking this sort of frantic, again, irritated, annoyed, anxious kind of energy with me, then maybe I get done with my meeting and I walk out of the hallway of, of where I work and I just kind of, you know, someone says hi and I'm like, hi. And I'm short and kind of snippy. So now they're like, oh, what's up with her? And I isolate to my office. I really don't talk to anybody the rest of the day. I'm having a hard time focusing on the rest of my tasks to finish out my day because in the background, I'm just thinking, yeah, the meeting didn't go well, great. Now, Ian, right? And I, I'm, I'm still kind of telling this story and I'm stuck in this energy of this tense, frustrated, nothing's going my way, right? Kind of mindset and kind of energy. So I'm stewing at it on the way home and I'm replaying that meeting and, and thinking of all the likely things that didn't go well and I take that home and I'm short with my kids and I don't want to, you know, be snuggly or, or nice or cute with my partner, right? Like that's now suffering. Now, again, for one afternoon, all right, fine. But if the story that I told myself about how this always happens to me, and of course it's going to go this way, and now they're not going to take me seriously. People aren't going to see me professional if I'm not on time, right? If, if there's something in my work career where I'm starting to tell this same story or when different things happen in work, in the work setting, this is kind of a similar, I'm having this reaction multiple times. I'm more, I am more likely to suffer in general in a long-term way. And now this becomes my dominant energy at work. This is just how people see me on meetings. This is flustered and frustrated and short. People don't want to come and approach me and talk to me and like get to know me at work because I come across, across pissed off all the time, right? Like this is how I start to suffer at work as an example. Because this meaning that I've attached to this one situation becomes kind of a, a trend anytime things aren't going according to plan. And the more likely that I'm reacting this way and caught up in it and distracted and and bogged down by this energy, the more likely that I'm going to be off to the next thing and I'm not going to be in my best self. And people might see me as, they might judge me because I am bringing negative energy. And then I be, I'm late because, right, it, it, can be, it can be this like cycle in the self-fulfilling prophecy of like, because I'm starting to have this worldview and attach this meaning to different scenarios, I'm starting to like almost bring it to me and anticipate it more and more because this is what I'm saying about work. And it's become a belief that's now not just one incident. It bleeds over into several, and it's my attitude almost about work. And if we really go back to this pen, let's dial this all down. So, right, that's what had the suffering. That's how a silly situation, um, the story we can tell, the conclusion we can come to, how it can start to dominate or affect us the rest of the day, and we can start to suffer to something. Hopefully it is short-lived and is just like a rough afternoon and I can kind of turn it around and use my coping skills and do different things to like get out of it so it doesn't have to affect the rest of my home life or bleed over to the next day. You get the picture. The reality though, if we really take that where the rest of you are like, okay, silly example, but like, yeah, fair and reasonable. I probably had some, a similar reaction, you know, to something like that. We have to go back to the basics of like, the reality is 
this is a blue pen that's out of ink. Well, it's a blue pen. You get it. It's a pen and it's out of ink. That is it. We could say objectively, yes, I was running a few minutes late. This document that I'm trying to sign and get done is important. And my meeting starts at, you know, in two minutes. Those are all the facts of the situation, but really what what, gave, what, what we gave all this energy to and are suffering to is a pen that's out of ink. This pen, and of course I, I'm holding it up here, imagine, imagine it if you will while you're listening, but I'm holding this pen, like this pen literally cannot do anything unless I give it energy. Meaning it's here on this desk that I'm sitting at and it, it cannot do a thing until I give it the energy, meaning I pick it up, I make it useful. I give it the pissed off, frustrated, tense, running late energy, it, 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 nothing. It can literally do nothing unless I give it to it, physically and emotionally. So I'm ranting and raving in my head. And again, I'm putting all this energy into, of course this happens to me and this goddamn pen, blah, blah, blah. It, this pen cannot do a single thing for good or not so good. If I don't, give it the power and the energy to do so. So I know that this can be easier said than done, but if we replay the same scenario, that there is an important document that needs to get out the door right now, I have a meeting starting in two minutes and I have a pen that's not working. And I can have that still, that natural reaction and judgment of like, great, of course. Fine, fair, of course. And then, to, to try to reduce my suffering, I'm going to pause and try to like take a deep breath and say like, okay, this is not going according to plan. I'm going to email the person that needs the document and say, I'm in this meeting and I will get you the document when the meeting is done. I'm going to throw this pen away so I don't keep grabbing for something that's not working and find a new pen. And I'm going to, I'm going to take one you know, minute or 30 seconds to like, just pause everything and slow it down so I can decompress and bring down my mental and emotional energy a little bit, try to get a little closer to baseline before I go into my meeting. It's not the end of the world. Yes, the document is important. It will still be important when my meeting is done. And I don't have to tell a big story about how it's unfair. And of course this happens to me. And now I'm going to be seen like, blah, 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 blah. I don't, I don't need any of that. That's what I'm suffering to saying, oh, great. Of course this would happen to me. I'm not super likely to suffer to just that judgment. It's all the word vomit that really is just the thoughts that we tend to have. Maybe some of you rant out loud <laughs> in situations like this. Others of us might just tend to have this whole dialogue in our head. That whole dialogue and the attaching the meaning is where we really start to tell, again, these profound stories, and that's what we start to, to suffer to. Having a, oh, gee, of course, you know, this would happen to me, kind of a reaction, and like taking a deep breath to pause and slow down, we can take this and then go into that meeting and be like, well, coming into the meeting, hey, 
wanted every, you know, like you wouldn't believe it, but of course I'm trying to get this document done before we got started and I can't find a pen that works to save my soul. So uh, I'm coming in a little bit frazzled, but give me a second and let's get started, right? Like we can take that and be honest about it and share like the, you know, you wouldn't believe, right? And we can take the experience into the meeting to be human, to be honest, to get refocused, to laugh a little bit, switch up our energy and like move on, right? We have access to the front of our brain where we can do our logic and problem solving and stuff, which is going to give us the reminders of like, hey, just send an email to whoever needs the document, tell them that this meeting is happening right now and I will get the document as soon as the meeting is done, right? It's that part of our brain. We can't access that part of our brain if we've got a big long story that we're telling ourselves and all sorts of crap running around in our thoughts, our emotions and our nervous system are all jacked up and hijacked, like then we can't access any of the other things and how to troubleshoot it. Which again is where then, so we fill it in with all these stories, attach all this meaning and it can significantly impact the rest of our day. So like one more time again, it's judgment plus attaching meaning equals suffering, right? And if we're going to give ourselves the space to be human and to have our judgments and reactions and like that, that the antidote then to suffering to something like this is to be compassionate, give ourselves the reactions, but then really pause and like, okay, I'm not going to tell a story about this. I'm not going to make up a story about it. I'm not going to attach that meaning, however you want to say it to yourself. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to turn it into anything bigger than that. I'm annoyed. The pen isn't working. I got a lot going on today and I'm flustered. That's it. That is fact. And I'm not going to put any, any other energy into it. The pen can't have energy if I don't give it to it, right? Whatever, like that other person, whatever your scenario, I'm not going to keep doing different scenarios because I'll start talking in circles, but that is the antidote to, to suffering or the remedy to suffer less is to notice my reactions and give myself the space to have these reactions without filling in the blank by attaching this big long story and interpreting it in a way that just kind of keeps me spiraling and circling and staying stuck for so much longer than the situation calls for. You get to be annoyed in this work situation. That's annoying. You get to be overwhelmed. You get to be frustrated. You just need a pen to sign a document to get it out the door. It could be that simple. So it is annoying and frustrating that it can't be that simple today, right? And to be able to say, hey, <clears throat> it's one of those days. I'm running behind. There's a lot of important things happening. And, and I'm overwhelmed. And I'm ready to quit. And I just want it to end. Fine. All of that is fine and fair. So going to give ourselves our human reaction. We're going to pause and kind of interrupt that we're not filling in the blank with the story, with the meaning that really spirals us out of control. So it's not toxic positivity. It's not saying that we can't be a human who has negative reactions to like hard things. There's like this pause and disruption. So I can, I can have my judgments and reactions, but I've got to pause and intercept or at least notice when I put judgment and meaning on something. If I know and I notice and I'm aware that I put some sort of story on a situation, 
I'm at least having the inner dialogue that isn't just the, uh, blah, 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 the ranting and raving. I'm noticing the ranting and raving. And because I'm noticing it and saying, okay, all right, there I go again. That's the, that's the meaning I put on here. That's the story. Because I'm aware that I'm doing it and I'm not just treating it as fact and I'm not just letting it run away with my whole day. Again, like how long I'm, I'm likely to suffer to it goes down because I'm aware of what's happening. And I'm having sort of two, in, two internal dialogues, so to speak, that's like my human ranting and raving and noticing it so I can catch it and be like, all right, I'm going to give myself a moment. I'm going to word vomit and I'm going to vent and I'm going to say all the things that I'm thinking and I'm going to be here for like whatever, but I'm going to put a time limit on it and I'm going to pause and I'm going to do these things to decompress so that it doesn't continue to affect the next meeting or my family or my drive home, right? Like I'm intercepting it and I'm aware that it's happening. So again, I can, I can dial it down. I can intervene. I can pause. I can do all these other things besides just, and I'm gone and I'm suffering and the whole day is shot. I hope in that example, it makes sense. I think for the point of on a podcast, when I'm, when I'm working with someone one-on-one, it's always easier to like, okay, you tell me in a, you know, an example or scenario and we can like break this down and talk through it. I worry on, on here in the podcast that if I give too many examples that it starts to sound like I'm talking in circles or it gets more confusing that it's helpful. So I'm trying to catch myself doing that here. Um, but that's, that's it for today. It was like, if I, I took last, my last solo episode to say like, we all have stuff, we all have mental health issues. We all go through experiences that strain us and drain us and we all have things that we wonder and worry about that you know we'll be judged for or we feel alone in and that if we all right just shared that stuff and created safe circles we would suffer less here i'm giving you maybe a little bit of a tactical i mean or like something tangible also so yes continue to prioritize like finding your people creating these safe communities having trusted relationships with other people that you're willing to be human with and share our stuff with. So we're not suffering in silence and suffering alone for longer. Also being more mindful aware of this kind of equation and of the things that we can do that can contribute to our own suffering, right? Again, like I will give this different example. Here's the, here's the nuance or the difference, right? We're all human because we've all lost someone. I'm going to say as a broad generality, we've all had someone in our life pass away, okay? The details, the circumstances, the type of relationship that that was, all unique, all different. The shared experience of losing someone, someone passes away in our life and having a hard time with that, pretty fair, okay? So creating safe spaces, having people where we can talk about, you know, we can both, we can all talk about when we lost someone and like how it's impacted us and how we've struggled and, and how it interfered with our life. And so we feel less alone and we feel more normal that like when we lose people, that is a hard experience and we're not alone in that. Great. Internally, let's say we lose someone and internally, we're having this dialogue with ourselves about how we should have been a better person to this person, should have been a better kid, should have been a better coworker, should have been a better friend, 
right? And we're replaying all these scenarios and we're telling ourselves these story of like, I didn't handle that well. And I, and I, you know, could have reached out more and I should have let them know, you know, how much they meant to me. And I didn't do enough, you know, before they passed. It had been so long since I, right? We're kind of going through all of these things and we're feeling down and depressed and, and having a harder time getting up and doing the basic things of, you know, taking care of day-to-day life or getting to work or staying connected with other people in our world. Again, all of those are a very reasonable and fair and normal reaction to grief. The stories though about how I shoulda, coulda, woulda, what that means about me as the friend, as the kid, as the coworker, that's what we're more likely to suffer to. If we allowed ourselves the space to feel depressed, to feel angry, to feel relieved, to feel the whole variety of emotions that are very fair and normal when we lose somebody. Grief is complex and it's not supposed to be quick and easy. And it's not supposed to be like you pick one feeling and you just stay there, right? And if we just allowed ourselves to have kind of quote unquote good days where we do remember that person fondly and we think of, you know, shared memories and we're grateful that they're not suffering and that kind of thing. And then we have days where we do like, this isn't fair and I miss them and why them? And you know, that side of things and a day where it is harder to get out of bed and a day where we don't want to talk to anybody else because we're just sad and mad and, you know, lonely and all these things that in and of itself isn't suffering. That's grief. The suffering comes to how much we're perpetuating and we're entertaining these stories that we're telling ourselves about how we were a bad person to them, how we didn't do enough, how we should have done this, that, or more of, you know, whatever. That is the judgment and the meaning that we're putting on it. That is what we're going to end up suffering more to than if we just let ourselves have the ebbs and flows of emotions, have our ebbs and flows of energy. That is normal grief. But the, the stuff that we replay and we get stuck and we're interpreting as that is what, that is where the suffering comes from. So it really is that attaching of meaning that is like the, the factor that A is most within our control, but B, we really have to be mindful and like paying attention of, otherwise we start to treat those stories, that meaning that we're putting on something as fact. And when we treat things as fact, we build these beliefs. And again, then we build these beliefs, we take it with us to other parts of our life. That's how we end up suffering more. So saying, I regret that I didn't reach out to this person more before they passed. Fair saying I'm a bad, awful friend and I can't do anything right and they don't deserve me and all my friends probably think I'm the worst. Like that is all interpretation and judgment and meaning. And the longer that we play that story in our head and entertain it as fact, the more likely it's going to impact future or other relationships. So that's just maybe another example of like the nuanced difference, right? Of Again, the compassion to have normal reactions and experiences to tough things in our life and to allow ourselves the space to have those thoughts and feelings, it's, it's the added layer of like, so this means, right? I'm really, I'm really sad today because I miss my you know, friend that passed away. And I, today is one of those days where I'm just immensely sad and I, I just want to call them so bad and I, I do have regrets or, or I do wish I would have done more. Okay, fine, fair. If we just sat with that alone, again, I think we would allow the, those 
experiences of grief to pass, quote unquote, easier. That's not easy to deal with, but it could pass easier. It's when like, so now, because today is one of those really sad days where I just really miss them. Now I'm a bad mom because I'm, I'm giving my kids McDonald's for breakfast and I can't get my shit together. And now my husband's going to think that I'm a lazy, you know, whatever, because I'm not doing anything around the house today. And like, I'm taking the story so much further than today is a sad day. And I really miss my friend and I'm having a hard time, you know, doing other daily things because of it. That is fair and reasonable that you could take to someone that you could take to your kids to say, Hey, mommy is having a really sad day because I miss my friend. And it's really hard for me to want to play right now. That's something a kid can wrap their brain around, truly. What a kid can't wrap their brain around is why all of a sudden you're sad. They don't really know why. And now you're yelling at them about every little thing. And they're afraid to talk to you today. That they can't wrap their brain around. And they're going to start to have their own conclusions and stories. And that's a conversation for another day. That's something you can take to your, your partner, your significant other, right? Today's a, today's a tough grief day. I really don't have a lot of energy from, for extras. You know, what are the, what are the core needs of our family? Because I'm having a really hard time. Um, and I might need kind of a day more to myself today. Again, a partner can work with that. They know where you are. Hopefully they're understanding and compassion of it. They at least know what's going on for you. Then again, oh, she's been sitting on her phone all day, right? So taking our experiences pretty objectively and sharing them with the other people in our world not only allows us to grieve in this example or, or feel our feels and go through whatever we're going through, it allows them to support us. There's that human connection from my last solo episode that we don't have to do this alone. And then we don't have to have these stories in our head that we're suffering to because we're assuming that they see us like this and I see them like that. It's just so convoluted that it's just a bunch of stories in our head. And those stories matter because if I'm telling myself I'm a bad mom and I'm a bad wife and I was a bad friend, well, I'm just bad at the end of it. And then that's the story that I'm more likely, likely to tell in future situations where I'm going to suffer more. I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm bad. I'm bad to all these people. I don't do enough for all these people. That's going to start to be a belief that I'm just building on if I don't realize that I'm doing it and I'm not mindful to handle it and go about it differently and detach and let go of the meaning. I get to just be grieving. I get to be having a hard day. I get to be pissed off at work. I get to be frustrated the pen isn't working. I'm going to separate anything else from that. There's no story to tell about it. I don't have to interpret it and make it something about me or make it something about the world or make it something about you know, my relationships, it doesn't have to mean anything other than I'm, I'm frustrated with the pen and it's, it's a hard grief day. Done. End of story. That's how we suffer less. Okay. I better stop there before I just keep saying the same thing and repeat. If this is something that you are like, oh my Lanta, I do this a lot. A, we all do. But B, if you're recognizing it in yourself and you would really like help and support, one in the mindfulness aspect of catching yourself doing it more, right? So you can intervene differently. And then B, help on how do I intervene differently? 
this has now kind of become this belief. It's this routine. This is what I tend to go through. And I know that I'm suffering to it. It's like, I don't know how to disrupt this cycle. Please reach out. I have my Voxer only packages. I have a short, um, kind of a potent week package. So if there's like one specific situation that you're in right now and you are suffering to, and you want some clarity and some steps and how to get out of it and, and suffer less to it and move forward in a different way that's, that's not affecting you so much, I have these things available. As always, if it's not me and you need a different kind of resource or a different kind of support or someone else, I'm still happy to help. That is my like antidote to suffer less. That's the equation that you can be more aware of and catch yourself as you're doing it. So hopefully you can go about it and cope differently. So I guess at the end of the day, these last few episodes, I just want people to suffer less. I want us to feel normal of the experiences we're going through. I want us to have community and people that we can work through this all with. And I want us to get out of our own heads, put down the stories and be able to go about things differently in a way that doesn't leave us feeling so crummy on the inside and feeling like we can't talk about it. All right. Think about it. Reach out if you've got questions and then go apply it, right? Reduce our suffering. That's all for this week. Thanks for being here. Week in and week out. As always, share this episode with someone if you think that it would be helpful to somebody else. I always would appreciate if you left a review, that if you're finding the conversations that I'm having helpful to you in some way, that just helps this podcast reach more people. And if you've got any other feedback or questions or anything, like I said, at the start, my DMs uh, and email are always available. All right, that's it for now. See you back here next week. Bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here and listen to this episode. I know your days are full and there are a million ways that you could be spending your precious time. So just know that you choosing to be here with me doesn't go unnoticed. If you don't want to miss another chance to prioritize yourself and refuel that cup, then hit the subscribe button now so you don't miss a thing. The best way to spread these messages is to share, rate, and review these episodes. I want this podcast to support and nourish you through whatever you're going through in life. Please reach out to me on Instagram at any time at Megan M. Colsing. I'd love to hear from you because my mission is to help support and guide you to that magical and fulfilling life that you deserve. And in case nobody's told you yet today, you matter and you're doing a great job. See you next week.